Welcome back to the Living Every Now podcast. My name is Will. My name is Jay. My name is Jay. <laughs> and today we are going to talk about dopamine fasting or dopamine detoxes, Fire. which is a super popular internet trend apparently, <laughs> uh, where basically you avoid activities that you believe are giving you dopamine because dopamine is the devil. And it's rampant. Dopamine is rampant, okay? The new war on drugs, we're getting rid of dopamine. Um, but seriously, kind of the whole reason behind this is I was reading about habits and someone said something that caught my attention about habits, which is habits that actually become habits in your brain, the way that you think of when a habit, it kind of just becomes second nature is the same thing that happens when you become addicted to something. So interesting habits that are actually habits that are not based on motivation or discipline that you actually end up doing long term. Mm -hmm. You're really just getting addicted to that thing. Interesting. Which is weird because <laughs> I had never weird. thought about it like that. Me either. Not one time. <laughs> <laughs> and the important takeaway here is that you can't become addicted to a habit unless the habit that you're becoming addicted to gives you more dopamine than whatever you were doing before then. But that, is that like a mind fuck thing? Is that, is that some sort of trickery you have to perform over time? Like you were talking about cold showers mm -hmm. and liking them eventually? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> kind of. Okay. Um, so another interesting thing that I read about was the first time you experience something that gives you dopamine, you get the dopamine from the actual action that gave you, like the, the taking of the cold shower. The first time I took a cold shower and enjoyed it, the dopamine came from the shower itself. Every okay. time after that, the dopamine hits your brain in anticipation of the thing that you do. Wow. It, and wow. that's what creates the addiction cycle. Holy shit. Is that when you think you're about to get the reward, you get the dopamine before it even happens. Wow. Which is crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. And the... The, I'm not a neuroscientist, so I don't really exactly know how all this is working. And he's being modest. There's a lot of <laughs> debate around whether the term dopamine detox is a useful term because you you're not actually depriving your brain of dopamine. Your brain always has the same level of mm -hmm. dopamine. What you're doing is you're resetting your brain's pathways that kind of force you to do certain actions. So if I ask you, what does dopamine in the brain do? What would you say? It makes you feel good. That's what most people think. Yeah. yeah, that's what I think. Yeah. So that that's actually kind of a misconception about dopamine. Okay. Dopamine has very little correlation to what actually makes you feel good, what makes you feel fulfilled, what makes you feel happy. And that's kind of the core of the problem is, is what dopamine actually does is tells you what to do. So, Interesting. And, and by what by what standard? What do you mean by that? So if you have two options of things to do in front of you, one of them is eat cake and the other one is go for a run. Um, whichever one 
has the most dopamine, your brain will do. Whichever one your brain thinks will give you the most dopamine, you will do. And because you get the dopamine before it actually happens, when you get, get it in anticipation of the thing, it doesn't matter how fulfilled that thing will actually make you. It's all about what your brain thinks it will, will do make for it. you. So, so that's where the trickery comes in. Mm-hmm. You, your brain kind of sets up like this auction where whenever you're deciding what to do, your whatever anticipation trigger gives mm-hmm. you the most dopamine is what you'll end up doing. Oh, interesting. Or at least that's what neuroscientists think is happening in the brain with these dopamine models that they're doing. Cool. Um, so when you do a dopamine detox, mm-hmm. you, well, I guess there's two kinds. There's a hard detox, which is where you only drink water, n- eat no food, uh, have no screens, limit as much talking as you can, as limit as much um, exposure to other people because like, Interacting with you right now is giving me a little bit of dopamine. Um, so you you want to completely get rid of everything that's giving you dopamine yeah, so yeah. that when you have the auction the next time, your anticipation is is more regulated to what it was. Because, right. because all these habits are addictions, you know, when you start drinking alcohol, one shot gets you drunk. And then you become tolerant to that thing. So you, you need, you know, three shots to get you drunk next time. Yeah. Um, and things that are really, really addictive have a, the tendency to produce m- higher levels of dopamine in anticipation the more addicted you are to them. So if you're super addicted to alcohol, anticipating alcohol will be always the highest thing in the auction. Interesting. And the dopamine detox is supposed to reset that so that you lose your tolerance essentially to the things that you've built up. Yeah. I think uh, now that I'm hearing you say this, I think most people, or at least what I've perceived to be most people in their sort of dopamine detox testimonials have done something much less stringent, Mm -hmm. but they've taken away maybe like all sweets and they've Mm -hmm. taken away social media from them. So it's still, I think helpful, especially because of our use specifically in the screen time category and the food category mm-hmm. and the alcohol and drugs cod mm-hmm. category. Those can like just abstaining from, um, and then like on the food side, just not eating sugar, I think, or high carb like processed foods can be really, really helpful for finding out that broccoli actually tastes good. Mm-hmm. For example, I feel like your palate changes when you get away from sugar for a long time. And mm-hmm. then when you're back, on, like I want to say on sugar, but when you're back on sugar. When you relapse. Yeah, that ass. <laughs> it feels like greens don't taste as good. Mm-hmm. It feels like the best thing to eat is an ice cream sandwich. Mm-hmm. And that's crazy. So, I mean, I I have a interesting relationship with this because I never do all of it at once, but I definitely try and take mm-hmm. little pieces and stuff because I feel it. You kind of feel it creep after a while. It's almost like you're building up your tolerance to mm-hmm. said whatever. Like when sugar starts to taste like the only thing I want to eat, I know I need to get rid of sugar mm-hmm. again. And I probably am long overdue with this on caffeine, honestly. The fact that I had 32 ounces of cold brew today <laughs> makes me really <laughs> feel bad about myself. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's weird how once you start thinking of habits as addictions and everything you do is a habit, Yeah. like it doesn't become unreasonable to say you're addicted to sugar. Because they're stigmatic. 
Yeah. Right. Addictions Those, we see is just really, really bad. Like, we can only be addicted to drugs. Right, right, right. But we very much are addicted mm-hmm. to sugar. We're very much addicted to social media. Mm-hmm. Totally addicted to social media. Yeah. We very, like, <laughs> I put a one minute screen time on my uh, social media this, this mm-hmm. last like two weeks. And it's been wild. I've wanted to click it off several times. And I have several They times. make it too easy to say add 15 minutes. I know, right? I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is this supposed to do? The button's right there. Of course, I'm going to add 15 more minutes. And like, I always find an excuse to do it. Yeah, so I I did it a couple times because I was in New York and I didn't really care. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just like, in my mind, on vacation. But uh, while I'm here, I feel like I don't struggle at all with anything. Mm-hmm. Like, this feels like a discipline factory <laughs> to me. <laughs> Interesting. I feel like I always stick to everything when I'm here. Huh. But yeah, I, I definitely am not as great with my discipline, like in all aspects. Um but an interesting thing that you were kind of touching on is how habits affect each other in non obvious ways. Like cutting out carbs affects your ability to make all other habits stick. True. It, because it's not like you can just build one habit in isolation because that right. that one habit has to compete against everything else you could possibly do. So unless you've kind of reset the baseline levels on all your dopamine, it's much, much harder to build habits. Interesting. But what I was talking about with the dopamine detox was like a hard detox and that's when you get rid of all dopamine at once. Yeah. But you can really only do that for one day at a time because you're uh, abstaining from food. Yeah, and mm. and sleep. Like you'd like sleep. We get dopamine. No, you can sleep. We get dopamine from the. I'm imagining we get a, a rush of dopamine before sitting down to sleep, like the fact that we're going to bed, in anticipation yeah, of sleep. Well, I mean, <laughs> we yeah, just you, don't sleep. Right? It, it's impossible to get rid of dopamine. Because yeah, like, yeah, of the, course. The, even when you're on a dopamine detox, but the levels of de- dopamine in your brain never change. But that that's why it feels interesting to take away all. Like it's mm-hmm. so harshly or take away it sparsely. Mm-hmm. It's 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 interesting that like what point you draw the line, mm-hmm. or or how how you draw the line. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, I've I, noticed in myself that every time I start to play video games, I I always start off with like a super healthy relationship with them, yeah. um, but kind of because of this weird addiction cycle, like. At first, 15 minutes of the game is like, oh, wow, that was super fun. But then it's like, oh, wait, I'm going to play for 30 minutes now. Mm-hmm. Or even when I'm not playing about it, I'm thinking about, you know, this particular tactic of the game or whatever. And it always becomes unhealthy. <laughs> I've like, <laughs> in my entire life, yet to have a healthy relationship with a video game. I think for the first time ever, I might have one. Mm-hmm. What do you think that it, like changed that for you? I think I just don't... My thing is I get caught up in the competition. Yeah. I get caught up in wanting to beat other people. Mm -hmm. And so like Call of Duty is extremely addictive to me. Mm -hmm. I just try to stop playing alone. Honestly, Mm -hmm. that's what helped me. Okay. It's because I no longer have something to prove alone because it's all about my score at that point. When I'm playing with, now when I play with friends, I have an excuse to be on Mm -hmm. and I have an excuse to be off as well. I have an excuse because my friends aren't on. So... And I usually am just like in and out too because I usually am just playing before bed and I'm tired. Yeah. Um, which is funny, dude. Getting tired at nine. 
as a 23 year old fucking old <laughs> i don't know person. how people are staying up late these days dude i uh on my trip i felt like i was going through benders i had like <laughs> i had one session that went to like 4 a.m i was like oh my god i'm losing my mind yeah <laughs> oh my god all right sorry yeah the wake up at 6 a.m lifestyle is not for that no no but i'm realizing that some songs can't be made at 6 a.m I totally get it. Yeah. Like that little Catalina wine mixer joint I just played mm-hmm. you. It's a 4 a.m. John right there. Okay. It sounded 4 a.m. That's for sure. <laughs> sounded a little drowsy. You know? Yeah. A little, little, little saucy. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you want to go to bed after it, but it's yeah. fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, have you experienced actually implementing a detox in your life? Like, I know you've do, mm-hmm. done experiments. Have you done a full dopamine detox I've yet? never done a hard detox. Okay. Um, but I'm interested in, in doing it. Uh, and I think it's really only beneficial if you go straight from a hard detox to a soft detox where you you maybe add back food and, <laughs> I um, so. you know, some of the more essential things like interacting with people. Okay. Uh, essential. Yeah, the the essentials, only the essentials. And then very, very, very gradually get back to having a healthy relationship with social media, maybe. It's so hard, dude. But social media, I think, is the same way I describe video games for me. Every time I re-download it, it's just a slow... Like I know it's going to happen. Eventually, my thumb's going to get the muscle memory again. Until I delete the app again, then it goes away. Then I re-download it, yeah. and then I'm healthy with it at first. And then three weeks later, I'm spending thirty minute shits looking at Twitter. I think I may just shout out to thirty minute shits on Twitter. I'm just saying, you know. Um, I think I may just always have screen time limit. Mm-hmm. I think that might be my solution. Yeah. I might just always have, even even if it's an hour a day. That's probably less than I would have done without a screen time limit. Mm-hmm. Now I wish there was a way to like make screen time non-negotiable. Like you couldn't add 15 minutes even if you wanted to. I feel like once I'm presenting with that, something in my psychology makes me really not want to press. I'm a total bitch. I click it every time. Really? <laughs> yeah. Dead ass? Or are you, are you like I, I romanticizing for the... I don't use screen time, but in the past, like I was good with it at first, uh-huh. but... Because there's always like one time where you need to click it. And then once you click it once, mm. it completely loses its value. Once you click it once, okay, you know, the threshold's crossed. That's true. It already has lost its its allure. Yeah. It's kind of like breaking the streak, but in, in the opposite. Like if you have a streak, you've done something for 70 days, missing one day hurts a lot. But once you've missed that one day, what are you going to build back 70 days again? No, yeah. you're just going to do it all the time now. That's why my mom told me never to lie and never steal for that reason. Once you've stolen, then you just become a club show. <laughs> you become a vault yeah. heist guy, a baby driver. I you guess become a baby so. driver. I mean, I think it's all about the, the feedback loop of it because there really is no negative consequence for spending an extra 15 minutes on Twitter. Or yeah. the negative consequence doesn't come until it's been compounded over the next 10 years. And your, your brain can't think on those timelines. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, have you ever... Well, like robbing heard, a bank, you know, there's a negative consequence for that immediately. So you're not going to become a klepto. Yeah, but I think she also said something along the lines of like, once you cheat, it's easier to cheat again or something like that. 
it, it's definitely desensitized, I would agree, but yeah. I don't think you're going to become addicted to cheating in the same way that you're going to become addicted to Twitter. Probably not. Because there's a negative consequence to cheating every single time. If you get caught. Yeah, but the the risk of getting caught is immediate. The feedback loop is instant. You like the guilt, you mean? No, like the, the threat of it. Yeah. The threat Gone. of it is right there, but when you're sitting on Twitter, th there's no threat yeah. of like, oh, this is hurting me. Yeah, you're right. I hope I never cheat. On a test in school, you never cheated on a test in school? No, I mean like on a partner. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Yeah, because I yeah. feel like I would go downhill quickly. Like I'd be cheating on everyone. Then you'd be cheating on everyone. <laughs> then you're cheating on the girl you're cheating on. I everyone. was cheating on the, cheating on the cheater. <laughs> it's cheating all the way down. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree that there's some thresholds you should just never cross. Right. I think that's actually one with test taking. Like mm -hmm. the first time you cheat on a test, it's way easier to cheat again on it. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I didn't cheat for the first time until college. And then I cheated. I'm not going to answer that question. <laughs> I plead the fifth, bitch. And then like, you know, shout out this teacher. <laughs> I cheated so hard in her final just to make it through college. Nice. It was the one class I just looked up every question. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. That's the way to go. Still made like an 82. <laughs> That's not bad. I, I once it. got 100% on a final and still got to be in the class because I didn't do any homework. Oh, I did that with every class. That's so dumb. If I get 100 on the final, why do I have to do the homework? Obviously, I know the damn stuff. Exactly, dude. That's my point. I didn't get 100s on the finals, but I would make like 95, 96. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is the point of the class, mm -hmm. right? Anyway. Yeah, anyway. I used all. I got like B's and C's in my junior and senior year of college for that reason alone. I just didn't do a single drop of homework. Yeah, you just study. That's all. That's. I mean, to be honest, I learned nothing in the class that I got hundred in the final. It was just an easy final. Oh, what was it? Economics. Oh, I le I learned stuff from my economics class. So I didn't learn a damn thing. I tutored it afterward. That reinforced <laughs> it. I think teaching stuff does. Help you learn it. I feel like tutoring was awesome. Sorry. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that was it for, for <laughs> uh, dopamine detoxes. Um, the I, science on it is still out, so I don't know if it actually works, but it's worth a shot, I say. I think it's just probably like when I, f I feel like I kind of touched on it earlier, but the creep of when things start to feel just like not as pungent, mm -hmm. that's when I know. That mm -hmm. I need to do it. Mm -hmm. I was I was just wanted to leave with that like last nugget there, because I feel like it's sometimes hard to know when you should or mm -hmm. what what's good a reason to, and I think it's like when you're too close to it. Do you know what wireheading is? No. What is that? It's when you take a rat and you stick a bunch of electrodes in its brain and you can directly give it dopamine when it hits a lever okay like as soon as it hits the lever it closes the circuit that gives it dopamine okay and it, it's called wireheading and it's like there's all this philosophy and psychology around wireheading because if you do it correctly a rat will kill itself by starving itself to death because it will only get the dopamine it will never stop getting the dopamine it'll just keep going it'll just keep hitting the lever until it starves and dies to death Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, and if you like have an electric cage 
with like little platforms on it and one platform has food and the other platform has the lever, it will cross the electric cage and like shock itself, like excruciating pain just to get to the dopamine lever. Like once it's had a taste of it. And wow. sometimes I like feel like that with my phone. Like mm-hmm. this thing is like my lever and I press it and like I can feel myself kind of like slipping into the dopamine. Like I'm just going to click the button. I'm going to click the button. Like, <laughs> Yo, that's a powerful visual. I'm go- <laughs> Why'd you say that for the end? <laughs> I don't know. That's a I just, good one. I just thought about it. Yeah, that's, that's fucking hard, dude. Damn. There's a blog called uh, The Deep Dish and he has a really, really good uh, essay about wireheading and like the philosophy of it. And like how it relates to like what it is that we want to want, like pleasure, because it is the ultimate pleasure. Like it, right. it's giving you the dopamine, it's giving your brain exactly what it wants. It's like doing heroin. Like heroin addicts, there's nothing better than heroin. Mm-hmm. But the heroin addicts will kill themselves yeah. trying to get the, the the drugs. Yeah. But that's not freedom. Like they're even though they're you know in an immensely pleasurable state of mind, that's not kind of misses the point. It's not the point of life. You're not trying to be happy. Maybe you're not trying to feel good. Yes. Yeah. There's, there's something better than feeling good. We have to, we have to be, I think we should be careful with what we say when we say feel good. Mm-hmm. Because it's not that, right? I don't know. I've never done heroin. No, 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 no. <laughs> My point is it's not, it shouldn't be just a dose of dopamine. Is that that can't translate directly into mm-hmm. what we're talking about when we talk about pursuing a fulfilled life. Yeah, it has to be. But I don't. I don't know what. I don't really know how to categorize it in a neuroscience perspective. Mm-hmm. But I know that all the frameworks and things we talk about help you get there. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm definitely getting better in my life about realizing. And recognizing the difference between when something feels good because it's dopamine and when something feels good because it is actually good for me. I used to be kind of bad at that and I would kind of follow the dopamine more than I should have. Really? And I I was just in a regulated enough environment that I couldn't do anything that would really hurt myself. Mm -hmm. But as soon as I kind of became unsupervised and an adult who could do whatever, like I definitely was following dopamine a little too much. Interesting. I don't feel like I've ever been in that situation Except, like, I think I have a real addiction with sugar. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I f- can get there sometimes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a little harsh, actually. A real addiction with sugar. But I definitely love sugar. Mm-hmm. And I can turn it off. I feel like I'm in control because I can go on a d- detox whenever I want. But maybe I'm feigning control there. But the fact that I, I feel like tomorrow I could be like, I'm not going to have sugar for a month and then actually not have sugar for a month mm-hmm. feels like a, like I got it. I think that's that's cool. Okay. I think you got it. Like, but like You can get out, if you know you can get out of the pit, going down in the pit's not dangerous. Okay. Because like I would totally eat like a whole dozen mm-hmm. cookies and a tub of ice cream. And You want to do that? I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to the King Supers and get some cheap ice cream. When is your sugar fast over? Uh, August 13th. August 13th. That's so close. Okay. On August 13th, we'll have an entire tray of Oreos and cheese. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm going to be f- full disclosure with you and tell you I didn't follow my sugar fast at all during New York City. That's fine. <laughs> it was in New York. Yeah, you, know, I, you got I, a tattoo. You're just a new man. <laughs> I'm yatted, bro. People have been trying to fight me all week, bro. Really? Yeah, because I got a tattoo now. Did you beat him up? Fuck yeah, dude. I'm yatted. Oh, okay. <laughs> 
maybe that was a secret all along. As soon as I got yatted, then that's what turned me into a man. Exactly. Congrats go get, go get tattooed, kids. Yep. Without your parents' permission, yep. immediately. You, you can, sell them on Amazon. You can get them. Yeah. Just tattoo yourselves. You can find us at liveineverynow.com and at liveineverynow on Instagram and Twitter. Please join our Discord. We'd love to have you. Any other No, that was it. Thanks for doing this with me, Jake. Yeah. Let's wrap this bad boy up. (laughs) You too. See you next time. Bye.